Welcome to the Music Reel. I'm your host, Nicola Burton. I am very excited to be speaking with Jonathan Shree today. Now, Jonathan is a writer, a musician, a community worker, and since March 2016, it's the first ever Greens City Councillor in Brisbane. Jonathan, it is a pleasure to meet you, my friend. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and oh. also, I might just acknowledge that I'm coming at you from Yagara and Turbul country and pay respects to elders of this place. Perfect. Thank you for that. Now, look, while everybody else was just hanging out in quarantine, just, you know, having a bit of a break, you were seriously busy. So can you tell us about the Gab Award shutdown album, The Art of Hibernation? Great name, by the way. I guess how this project came about, who was involved with it, and what has the response been so far to it? Mm, So... As a local councillor, I have a a very small local grants budget that we put towards community concerts and festivals and little events that are happening around the neighbourhood. And when the shutdown happened, obviously immediately a whole bunch of those events started getting cancelled. And at the same time, I was, as a musician myself, seeing, oh, man, this is really going to impact the industry. Thousands of people losing gigs, hospo workers losing work as well. Um, Really rough time for a lot of people. And I thought well, cool, we've got this little bucket of money that we no longer can put towards that community festival and that concert in the park. Um, How can we use this to support the arts? And so, yeah, it it sort of grew from there. And we realised that um, obviously this is something that's impacting the whole industry. It's not just a particular genre of music or a particular scene. But also for a while in my neck of the woods, I've been feeling like different subcultures and musical scenes were a little bit separated so I represent kind of the West End, Woolloongabba, Kangaroo Point part of Brizzy which has a really thriving live music scene but no one in like the psychedelic rock scene seems to know any of the reggae musicians etc etc and so for a while I've been thinking it'd be really cool to run a project that brings some of that stuff together and cross-pollinates a little bit and yeah so that was sort of where it emerged from and then the interesting conversation was around or should we make this a really big thing where we just record as many musicians as possible? Or should we make it a little bit more targeted and instead focus on actually being able to pay some of the artists? So that's sort of the route we went down. And what we ended up doing was uh, allocating enough money for free recording sessions for 12 artists. And they each got paid about 400 bucks for their studio time, which wasn't much, but at least showed that we were valuing them in some way for their music. Um, And then each artist got to record a track. They keep copyright ownership of the track so they can use that in other contexts. And we produced this compilation album, which is called The Art of Hibernation. And it's a really diverse range of music and it's available now on Bandcamp. And anyone, all the the revenue from the sales obviously goes back to the artists. And we're keeping a little bit aside to pay for some of the artists to play live music gigs once the shutdown conditions ease. So yeah, it's, it's artists getting paid at the start of the project for their time in the studio, but also getting to keep all the sales revenue at the end, which is really important. It's great to hear you say live music because, <laughs> as you know, in Brisbane, um, I think we've returned to 10% of what our capacity was pre-March, mm. and that's simply not sustainable. So that's the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. You're a musician. You have a great support of the music industry. What are your thoughts on how we can actually get back to business, given that clubs, they can't actually put on live music and let people dance without incurring a $6,000 fine per person. 
and they're still only allowed between 60 to 100 people at the venue, even though you've got 30,000 people at a sporting final, right? Mm-hmm. So let's have a chat about this. What do we need to do and what does the government need to do to get us back to business? Yeah, I, I think this is what's been so ridiculous about the way the shutdown has panned out in Queensland and, and, and in other states is that some industries, and obviously sports a big one, but there are a few others, are getting special treatment are essentially able to reopen a lot quicker than other industries and areas. And the arts is really, really suffering. And as you said, we've got 35,000 plus people allowed to go to a footy match at the Gabba or at Suncorp Stadium. And meanwhile, the local music venue down the road can't even afford to open its doors because the capacity limits are so tight. And I think what's frustrating to me is some of these government decision makers don't understand how narrow the margins are in the, particularly in the live music spaces, but performing arts more generally, and, and don't seem to understand that the arts has evolved to be making use of really confined spaces. It's not like these venues have a lot of surplus capacity. I was actually catching up with one um, community theatre group recently, They and one of the rules at the moment is that the performers have to be at least four metres away from the seated audience, and so they've got a small theatre where, where their front rows are, are closer than four metres. And the whole point of the experience of the theatre is that you're really close and immersed in it. And so they just can't use that as a functional space for performance. And it's the same for a lot of my live music venues. Um, it, and it just really, really frustrates me. So I think, I mean, really that the broad answer is that the industry needs to get vocal. I know people have been complaining on social media and talking to their friends about it, but we need to turn outwards and pressure government decision makers, pressure the private sector and make some serious noise because that's what the other industries, that's what um, the big sporting codes have done. They've been very vocal. They get out there on the radio saying, oh, it's going to cost us all these jobs and it's going to destroy sport in Australia forever. Um, That's what they say. And then that's how they apply political pressure. But um, unfortunately, the arts, I think a lot of musicians, they're like, oh, I don't want to get party political or... We're not used to having to lobby, but now is actually the time to be inside, to be saying that party is screwing up. That party's not supporting enough uh, us enough because that's actually what makes the politicians pay attention. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely a time for artists to be getting a bit more vocal. We've seen sustained funding cuts from the federal government. We've seen piss poor levels of support for the industry in general, um, and on top of that, we've got shutdown restrictions that are, are being lifted very slowly. And, you know, it's so great that you said that, make some noise, that you've had um, the Australian Live Music Business Council that have gone to the federal government and said, look, 70, 70% of our industry businesses are going to be broke by Christmas. Mm. You don't do anything. And they've gone, well, we've, we've done everything we're going to do. Mm. And you've got the um, Live Entertainment Industry Forum that have said, if they don't do anything, 79,000 jobs will go mm. by Christmas. And I think that the government thinks that we're a bit of an acceptable collateral damage you know, we've given you some grants, shut up, you're fine. But mm. it's $112 billion, 6.4% of the GDP, and the grant funding they've given us is 0.05%. Think about that. That's how, that, that's how they value us, 0.05%. So given that you were re-elected in March this year back to the GAP Award, and mm. one of the, your priorities was you're a great supporter of the arts and community events, Jono, what do you reckon that local government perhaps can do to sort of get in on this and perhaps help us to not face this potential extinction level event that we're facing? What are your thoughts on what local government can do? 
I think one of the most obvious and immediate shifts local government could be making is diverting more funding into the arts. So for comparison, Brisbane City Council's entire um, arts budget for festivals and events and stuff is around maybe six to eight million dollars per year, which is not much out of a three billion dollar budget. In contrast, one set of traffic lights that's getting installed in the inner city at the moment is also costing the council eight million dollars. So like the, the, the amount of money that local governments spend, particularly on road infrastructure, I think a lot of people don't realise it or have trouble conceptualising it, but all that bitumen and concrete costs so much money. And if you put even a fraction of that back into the arts, you'd, you'd employ a lot more people. Um, so from my end, another, apart from the art of a hibernation project, another thing we've been doing is taking some of our park upgrades budget and reallocating that towards mural projects. And so saying, look, we're not just going to spend this on new concrete footpaths and more bitumen, where we've identified like seven mural sites, public toilet blocks, underpasses, that sort of thing. And we're going to be paying artists fairly, paying them in the range of ten to $20,000 per mural so that they actually get a, a proper, and that's going into, into visual arts, but injecting money to, into that part of the scene, you know it's going to flow around in those networks as well. Um, the other thing that local councils could be doing a better job though um, is thinking a bit more broad-mindedly about how space is used. And so a lot of venues might have outdoor car park areas or courtyards that if they're allowed to have live music in those spaces, then they've got a bit more capacity to play with. So councils just being a bit more flexible about noise limits and about whether you're allowed to use the car park for a gig, basically, would go a long, long way. And unfortunately, Brisbane City Council, most local councils are way too restrictive about noise limits. They let property developers and construction companies make as much noise as they want. But if you want to put an outdoor gig on, there are all these hoops to jump through and, and excessive noise restrictions. So a bit more flexibility on that part side of things would be really good as well. No, that's great. Really great ideas. Thank you, Jono. And some of those murals, I think I've already seen them happening in West End. Mm. And what that does is it actually you feel excited to be a part of the city, to be out and about through those laneways. And that's what music does. It helps you to feel yeah. like you're a part of something. So you know what we need? We need you to write another Dear World Leaders kind of poem. <laughs> Get everyone stirred up about the music industry. Then we'd be fine. What do you reckon? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll add it to my to-do list. <laughs> Look, Jono, thank you so much. I have appreciated having your voice added to this conversation. Good luck with everything that you're doing. And everybody, watch out for The Art of Hibernation. You can look at it at Bands in Town, right? Bands in Town. Yeah, just look, jonathan3.com slash hibernation. Perfect. So that you guys check it out. I mean, what a great thing to happen while this awful decimation. You've just said to everyone, nope, this isn't going to stop us. This is what we do as the music industry. So I love that kind of positivity, love that kind of optimism. Jonathan, thank you for talking to me today. Thanks so much. Stay strong, everyone.